The following is a sermon that was preached at Faith Lutheran Church in Sharpsburg, Georgia. For more information about our church or to hear past sermons from Faith Lutheran, visit georgiafaith.com. Thank you for listening. Well, it's been 22 years, but the Braves are in the World Series. How about that? That's a good week, right? Yeah, Braves are in the World Series. That's a wonderful thing. You know, when I moved here to Atlanta in 1999, the, the city was known for being in a lot of World Series. It has been a long time. I was starting to worry I, have was, I was part of the problem. That since I'd been here was just a tremendous drought. But no, the Braves are going to the World Series, and it's a great, going to be a great week about, uh, to take pride in the city in which we live. You know, when you, things like this happen, of course, they're going to run news stories about Atlanta and all the other TV markets are going to be watching this. They're going to talk about what makes our city special. They're going to talk about things that maybe we rightfully should be proud of. You know, that Atlanta is a city, you know, you know it's like the most tree-dense urban area in America. It's the undisputed capital of the New South. I mean, this is a city that's risen from the ashes of fire twice. And hopefully, in 2021, we're going to be known as a team again that wins World Series, right? This will be a great week to be proud of where you live. It made me think about another town that was really proud of itself. And if people in the areas around it would have known things about it, like people might learn this week about Atlanta. Um, But it's a town, this little city in a place that's today part of Turkey, actually, I think it's a city you never would have heard of, except there was a Christian church there. And one day, Jesus wrote a letter to it. It's a place called Laodicea. Now, this comes from the book of Revelation, which if you remember, this was, uh, the book of Revelation was the Spirit inspired the Apostle John to write it at a time when the church was being persecuted. In fact, John himself, the apostle, he was uh, on the prison island of Patmos at the time because he was proclaiming the word of God. He was exiled to this, this prison island. It was there where God gave him this vision of what was to come, the story of Jesus' victory, even in a world that was persecuting the church. It's our story. It's the story of today, the story of what's yet to come. This was the great revelation of Jesus Christ to St. John. And in the first few chapters of that uh, vision that John got, Jesus appeared to him and he said, I want you to write seven letters to seven churches in this area that today is Turkey. And so Jesus dictates the letters to each of these congregations, you know, the one in Ephesus and Thyatira and Sardis. And in each one of the cases, Jesus, uh, Jesus tells them some things that they need to work on and also tells them some things that they're doing well. The, But the last letter was kind of unique. It was written to this church in the city of Laodicea. If you were from Laodicea, you would have been proud of a few things. They were known, um, really kind of three big areas. They were known to be wealthy because they were a banking center for the region. Um, They were known to dress really fancy because of a special wool that was harvested in in their valley. And they were known for eye care especially there the the health care in their area was renowned across the mediterranean world so they were known to be wealthy and healthy and uh, and and to dress fancy right those were the three characteristics that if laodicea were going to the world series the news would run a period piece or a uh, a piece about laodicea and say here here's what you need to know about this city 
They're rich, they dress fancy, and they got great eye care. Well, they also got what is unquestionably the harshest letter from Jesus. And I'd be willing to bet they were kind of surprised because, you know, the congregation there in Laodicea wasn't doing much wrong. But they got Jesus' harshest words. Listen to what he said. These are the words of the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the ruler of God's creation. I know your deeds, that you are neither cold nor hot. I wish you were either one or the other. Those are interesting words. <laughs> he says, I know what you're doing. I know your deeds, and you're not hot or cold. You're lukewarm, and you're making me sick to my stomach. You no one likes anything. You want a lukewarm cup of coffee? Or, you know, a lukewarm soda? Or how about a nice cup of lukewarm milk? Wouldn't that be great? Jesus says, I know your deeds, and you're about as appealing to me as a glass and a mouthful of lukewarm milk. I'm about to spit you out, he said. I'm willing to bet that that congregation was surprised by these words because on the surface, it didn't really seem like they were doing much wrong. You, know, you look at the list to the other churches, and Jesus calls out some pretty big issues in the congregations, like people who are preaching false doctrine, or people who are, are stuck in sexual immorality, or people who are just flat-out hypocrites, pretending to be believers in Jesus but aren't. Those were big issues. But in Laodicea, uh, the pastor wasn't preaching false doctrine. The people weren't caught in adultery. The members were not hypocrites. So what was the problem? They were lukewarm. How might we describe them if we were talking about them as a congregation in today's terms? Uh, what would it be like? Well, they weren't cold. They weren't fighting against God's word, but they certainly weren't hot. They were lukewarm. They'd be maybe like a, they'd be like a Christian who definitely goes to church because they're a Christian, but you know, they go to church, but if they don't go to church, it's not that big of a deal. Um, it's not, I wouldn't go out of my way to make sure to change my schedule. If I have to miss church, I just have to miss church. They'd be someone who's perfectly fine being a member of a church, but getting involved, like in acts of service or acts of generosity, I'm not so sure that I'm ready to have that impact my schedule that much yet. They'd be people who want to put spiritual items on their daily to-do list, but really it never gets there. And their personal devotional life isn't what they know it should be, isn't even what it could be. It's probably, probably something they think about more than they do. It'd be a person who knows it's important to look good on the outside, but honestly is okay with dipping his foot into sin as long as nobody sees him do it. Was there any part of that description that made you a little bit uncomfortable? Because it made me uncomfortable, because a lot of part of that was a good description of my life, right? My guess is it might describe your life at times too. And what Jesus says is that's lukewarm. It's lukewarm. It's not cold. You're not fighting against God's word, but you know what else it ain't? It's not hot. It's not hot. And Jesus says, 
I'm about to spit you out of my mouth. That makes us very uncomfortable because I can see me in that description, and I can see you even if you can't. You're there too. Jesus has these harsh words for people who didn't expect to hear them, and maybe they're hard for us to hear too, but boy, Jesus has a reason to tell them, and I think it's the same reason to tell us, because you know, these words of Jesus, while they might be the harshest ones out of those seven letters to the churches, they might be the ones most applicable to the Christian church today. The message that our church needs to hear, maybe especially here in North America. Because the thing is, is what the faith challenges that cause the Laodiceans to go from hot to lukewarm and middling to cold are the same faith challenges you and I have every day. I mean, actually living in Laodicea was a little bit like living in America where um, we are greater in relative wealth than almost everybody around us. Right? Not, you might not go home and consider yourself rich, but the person living in the Sudanese refugee camp might beg to differ with you. Um, right? Laodicea was like that. So they were the banking capital for their area, and so it was full of affluent people. Um, they did not spend any time worrying about where their next meal was going to come from. But it's a pretty good description of us, right? I mean, when's the last time you had to wonder if you'd get to eat next? I mean, when's the last time you thought, I can't buy my children a pair of shoes and the last pair has been worn out? There's an awful lot of people in this world that ask themselves those questions. We live in a relative, relative affluence, right? That is, you know, here in our suburb of Atlanta, I think most of us don't struggle with that. Now, here's the funny thing. You would think that that means we wouldn't be so worried and concentrating on material stuff. You'd, be, you'd think you'd be the people who've known what it's like not to have shoes for their children that would focus their hearts and lives on making sure they had enough money that they would never be in that position again, but it works just the opposite. It's really weird. The more affluent we are, the more we are tempted to find our value, our worth, and our security in this stuff, right? The same spiritual challenge that the Laodiceans have is one that is... Um, that we have to fight against every day because you and I, we don't have to worry about where our daily bread comes from. And that weirdly means that we're tempted to focus our lives just on the here and now rather than on the then and the there. And we can find ourselves thinking that that fulfillment and worth and joy in this life are built on houses and cars, vacations and off time, overtime or scheduled time. And we couldn't be more wrong. Jesus had some harsh words for those Laodiceans. They considered themselves to be rich, right? The three things Laodicea thought they were is they were rich because they were the banking center. They thought they were well-dressed. Um, Laodiceans all wore these black garments because they had a kind of sheep that they raised in their valley that uh, produced really super soft black wool. And so it was a famous sort of thing. And they, they said it was felt like silk. And so everyone was very proud of being able to wear, um, you know, the, uh, the, the wool of Laodicea. Very proud of it. And the last thing they were proud of was, as we said there, eye care especially, because 13 miles west of Laodicea was a, was a school of medicine that was famous for its eye care. They, they actually made a they took alum and made something called Phrygian powder, which was supposed to cure weak eyes or, or infected eyes. It was so popular that it was turned into pill form and then they shipped it all over the Mediterranean. People knew everywhere about 
the Phrygian powder that came from Laodicea. Uh, so health and eyes, fancy dress and money. Isn't it interesting what Jesus said about them? He said, you say I'm rich. I have acquired wealth and do not need a thing. But you don't realize that you are wretched, pitiful, poor, blind, and naked. Their greatest points of pride were being rich, well-dressed, and having good eye care. And Jesus says, you're poor, you're naked, and you're blind. He said, those things that you thought you should be so proud of are, in fact, robbing you of reality. They're robbing you of reality. Jesus was trying to tell them that what they treasured was worthless. Ah, the money you got in your 401k. Solomon, the richest man in the world, knew enough to say, well, I'm going to die and it's going to go to somebody who hasn't earned it. What's the sense in that? Meaningless, says the teacher. The fancy clothes that we wear or the stuff we surround ourselves with, they don't actually give us any worth. They don't even really even give us any fulfillment. He says, and they certainly don't cover up the sin that we wear around our neck. You know, that Phrygian powder, you're blind. You're so blind that you can't see that your faith has gone from bright burning fire to this lukewarm thing that makes Jesus want to spit it out of his mouth. Those were harsh words for that church that probably didn't think they were going to get harsh words. But they were words that these people so desperately needed to hear. And Jesus said them because he loved them, right? I said that in the lesson too. It's because I love you, I'm going to say this. And you can see the love even in the harsh words. Like when Jesus says, Jesus did not say, you're lukewarm, so I'm spitting you out of my mouth. What did he say? He said, I'm about to. Not about to means there's some time to do the one thing Jesus called on those Laodiceans to do, which was to repent. To repent of putting their faith in things that cannot possibly keep us safe. To repent of, of living their life like it's about the here and now instead of the then and there. To repent and see that their, their sight, they weren't seeing reality. They were missing it completely. They were so caught up. You know, here's the thing. Uh, sometimes we can get so caught up with life in this world and think, think that what we have is actually pretty good. Uh, C.S. Lewis one time said this, uh, he said, trying to take someone who's caught up in the cares and concerns of this life and tell them that Jesus is offering them something better, and they refuse, he said it's a little bit like uh, a little child who's making mud pies in the dirt, and you invite him to go to a vacation by the sea. But he's never been to a vacation by the sea, so he'd rather stay and make mud pies. That's what was happening with the Laodiceans. They were blind, and so they were stuck just making mud pies and telling themselves this is going to make them happy. But what Jesus is doing is he's inviting them to a, to a holiday by the sea. He's inviting them to something completely different and completely better. And he invites them in this repentance to turn away from the things that would drag them away from him and his will and instead invites them to find everything they were looking for but so much better. So remember, they, they thought they were rich, but Jesus said they weren't. They thought that they were well-dressed, but Jesus says they were, they were naked. They thought that they were, had, had uh, fantastic eye care, but Jesus says they're blind. Listen to what Jesus invites them to do, those three things. He said, I counsel you to buy from me gold refined in the fire so you can become rich and white clothes to wear 
so you can cover your shameful nakedness and salve to put on your eyes so you can see. See, everything they had was just a, a tawdry substitute for the reality that Jesus wanted to give them. You and I, we, I think the lesson for us here is don't be blinded by the people of this world that would have you trade the holiday by the sea for the mud pies in front of you. You know, Satan likes to lie to us. And one of his favorite lies for people like you and me is to try to convince us, to try to sell us on the idea that our Christian faith is moderately important. Moderately. But you know, again, C.S. Lewis is a guy who said it well. He said, uh, Christianity is something that, if false, is of no importance whatsoever. If true, is of infinite importance. The one thing it cannot be is moderately important. Jesus invites these Laodiceans and he invites you and me to repent of all the false hopes that we've had. And instead, uh, he reaches out to people like us who might be tempted to be lukewarm, and he says, you know what, here's my invitation. I invite you to leave those mud pies behind. You can stop chasing after cars that rust and houses that rot. Stop chasing after pleasure that fades. I'll give you treasure that will last forever. I'll let you take off those old rags of sin, and you can stand here in this white robe of righteousness that I won for you on the cross. You can stand before my Father without fear, forgiven, I will let you see reality as it truly is. Because it's not about here and now. It is about then and there. And if we understand that, brothers and sisters, well then, this Christian faith is the most important thing we could ever have in our life. And then our lives will order themselves behind it, and that's not lukewarm at all. You know, next week is going to be a great week to take pride in our city. Maybe we can all wear a pearl necklace and do the chop, right? I hope it's going to be a time where we start remembering that uh, Atlanta's about winning world championships. Those would be good things to be proud of. The Laodiceans, they had every reason to be proud, not of what their region could produce, but of what, what their Savior would produce in them. And this story that we never would have heard about, or this city we never would have heard about without that church, that can be a lesson, an instruction for the people of faith right here, too. Because what we want to do is never keep our Savior at arm's length. We don't want a moderately important Christian faith. We do not want lukewarm Christianity. We want a, f a faith that fully embraces our Savior, a faith that rekindles the love that we have for him, that it might burn bright, that we might be proud of everything that he's done in us. God grant it. Amen. Amen.